Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Hey, Welcome peeps. back. Well, I am really excited to um, have our next guest, Liz Vasquez, along with her husband, JJ Vasquez, founded a or founded a church, their pastors at Journey Church in Winter Park, Florida for the last four years. And her and her husband have been married since 2008. She also homeschools her two boys, Justice 8 and Zane 7. We actually, I watched a video that her and her husband talked about marriage and about their struggles and their journey. And I just thought she'd be a great person to have on. Mm -hmm. And so we're super excited. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. We're I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, yeah, we're excited, we're to, excited to hear all about your stuff. Here. I know, I know. <laughs> so tell us, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your personal marriage story. Okay, sure. so um, my husband and I were both Puerto Rican, so that just means that we're a little spicy. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, we've been married for four years. Um, we met at there's two different stories because my husband tells a different story and I tell one, um, so it's kind of funny. Um, but we actually met at a single young adult conference. Oh. Um, specifically, like when I say singles, he tries to take that word out and just leave the word young adult. It makes us desperate. But we were both going kind of as leaders, bringing a group of people, both not really like looking we were just really focused on god we both happened to be in the same place in our walk with god we were just like we're gonna focus on god not looking for somebody that person will come around and we we're both in the same place on that um and so yeah i met him there um he was working the event i had brought a, a group of young adults to the event and we ended up sitting across the table at, at, at lunch and one of the breaks um and just started chatting and then kept seeing each other around and exchanged phone numbers and started talking and then it just kind of went from there so that's how we met um and then we like i said we've been married for four years i mean sorry we've been married for 12 years yeah i was like wait a minute (laughs) no 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 sorry we've had a church for four years um and then it's it's just been crazy i feel like i know this sounds cheesy but i feel like um we're so intentional that there's, I, there's, I feel like we've never left like the honeymoon stage. You know how people say, yeah, oh, yeah. when the honeymoon stage is over. We're so in love with each other, but we're super intentional. And, and, and we are so passionate about talking about marriage life. And so we actually, at our church, every year in February, it's actually coming up, but you can watch like old videos from our church. Um, called Love, Sex, and Marriage is a series that we do, and mm. we just love um, being able to talk about um, marriages. So yeah. we love it. It's something that we're passionate about because we know we've had our own struggles in it. Um, we are not experts by any means. Um, mm. We just feel like we've figured out our own talk on <laughs> how to live <laughs> spicy 
together, you know, work things out. Um, and yeah, we, we love it. I, th- I think great. that's awesome because I feel like there's such a misconception about, um, you know, that marriage is supposed to be perfect, that it, there's mm-hmm. supposed to be this oh, like yeah. perfection around it. You're not, a, you know, you can't argue, you can't have differences of opinions. Um, I know that you had kind of shared, I mean, you're, okay, so kind of funny, you're Puerto Rican and we know like you're, we're just not quiet. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Like, <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean? Like everything is intense. Like yeah. you talk, it's just intense. And so just it, like the Portuguese, yeah, I know. So Phyllis is Portuguese <laughs> and it's when we have conversations in the kitchen, it's just like super yeah, loud. We Everyone sound like we're yelling. yelling. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. My youngest like one of the loudest kids in my house too and I tell him you gotta be quiet my husband's like but that's because we get shot from you yeah <laughs> that's great well I have adult children now and my oldest daughter goes mom stop shouting <laughs> and I'm like I'm just yeah. talking but no I think it's so true because you know when you blend two lives together it's really like you know you're you're I'm quieter than my Puerto Rican husband, but I've noticed like the longer we're married, the louder I become because I'm like, I, you need to hear me. (laughs) So, so what do you think is one of the biggest struggles, um, with newly married couples? Like what is maybe one of like the misconceptions, big struggle that you see? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first um, major thing that I really think about right away every time anybody asks me this question is um, when the struggle a couple times, especially new couples, but even when you're married for a while, this can happen. Um, when you feel like your expectations of your marriage don't meet the reality of mm, your marriage. Wow. Specifically, yep. specifically, what I mean is like, I remember growing up and my father, his love language is acts of service. He loves mm. to serve you. So like, you know, if it's cold outside, before I would leave to go to school to get in my car, he would turn it on for me and warm up the car for me mm. before I left. Like, he's that kind of person. And so when I got married, I was expecting my husband <laughs> to warm up the car for me when I left to go somewhere. Like, yeah. It was just something, it's one of those things where you just expect for your spouse to do the things that maybe your mother or your father did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that expectation doesn't meet reality, then you get really disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then your spouse is like, but I didn't even know you wanted this. Like, where right. are you coming from? And then you're like, but I thought that this is what marriage is supposed to be about. And then they're like, no, that's how your parents were. But right. I'm a different person, you know? And you have to understand that your spouse is different than your parents. You can't expect your marriage to be the same in that sense. That's such a good point. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point because we bring baggage to the table of like what we expect because we've witnessed what we've seen, good or bad, Mm -hmm. from our parents. Good or bad, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I know um, my father, one word of advice he gave me before I got married was sit down with your husband and um, let him know what are you expecting Mm -hmm. and not that it's like a mandate like this is the way it has to be but this is what i would like for it to be and then allow your spouse to say okay i can do a b and c but Mm -hmm. d we're gonna have to talk about that one Mm -hmm. um and again when you speak to your spouse not expecting that they're gonna do it everything that you want them to do Mm -hmm. but at least you can compromise so i mean 
So it's funny because he told me that we didn't really get to sit down and do that till our honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, uh-huh. we were in the pool. Uh-oh, too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine. We talked about it and we came out with a list of expectations and we both yeah. compromised, which is another big thing that you guys mm-hmm. do when you're married. So we both compromised and... I mean, even to the little things, like, I don't like bugs. And so I told my husband, when there's a bug in the house, so I want you to kill it. I don't, I'm not going to kill bugs. Can you do that? You're going to wait till he comes bugs. home? <laughs> That's hilarious. Exactly. I want to sometimes, you know? I'm like, there's a bug under the cup over there. Kill it. <laughs> I've been on the counter all day because I won't get down. There's a bug. Love it. I'm serious. I've done it before. And then, you know, he, for some reason, well, he was in an internship, and he was in the internship program where whenever you didn't do what you're supposed to do, you got, uh, you had to wash dishes. You got dishes duty. So he's traumatized with dishes. He's like, I don't want to wash dishes. I just don't want to watch dishes, please. Love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm, I'm in charge of the dishes. There so you go. Just, it is what it is, but you sit down and chat about those things, and then even, like, the more serious to be you know a partnership where you're both willing to be honest without being offended at everything because I know that a lot of times like you know you want to when you said when you're setting expectations you're saying I want you know this is what I would like and the person says well I don't I don't think I can do that Mm -hmm. understanding that okay why like what what's the reasoning behind it and if if it's if it's a struggle for you you know, what is, what's the problem there? And I I feel like too, with Christian marriages and Phyllis and I have talked a lot about this offline. I feel like sometimes we set unrealistic expectations for Christian couples when they get married. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, even when you're talking, you know, sex or whatever, like Mm -hmm. they, they have all these expectations that it's supposed to look a certain way and be a certain way. And, you know, the wife is supposed to do this and the husband's supposed to do this and it doesn't always look that way. And so I feel like each person really needs to kind of come into, this is our new family and we're going to take, you know, that I used to tell my kids like, you know, you take what, what's good from our marriage and, you know, you can use that as an example. Anything that was bad, just, just completely delete <laughs> that because yeah. yeah. we have not done it right every time. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. too, yeah. in yeah, marriages, uh, 
you know, everyone goes in thinking it's 50-50 and that is the worst thing mm-hmm. that they can do because it's not 50-50, it's 90-10, it's 60-40. You know, there's times um, yeah. when there there's something about being unselfish in mm-hmm. your marriage sometimes when things aren't oh, fair, yeah. but you know you got to pick up the slack. So like, you know, I've been married for 31 years and Um, well, and it's my second marriage. So I will tell you some of those things you were talking about when I was young, I was married for a short two and a half years. And I actually sat down with my now husband, who I feel like is my first. (laughs) And, um, and I said, like, do you like to cook? Because I love to cook, but I don't want to have to cook every night. Just like simple things like that. But what happened was yeah. my husband traveled for 80% of our marriage. So when we had little kids, um, you know, he was gone a lot. And so the slack was on me mm-hmm. and it was unfair sometimes and it was hard, but it was like, okay, this is a moment in our life. Like I have to do this if I want to have this successful marriage. And when he would come home, he would like pick up the slack a hundred percent be like, I'm so sorry. Like, let me you know, you go rest and do what you, we just like survived. Like we just went through the motions of doing what we had to do because that was where we were with his Mm -hmm. job and where we were in our marriage at the time. And, you know, looking back, we kind of just go, oh my gosh, that was so hard on us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was such a great thing to know that you could be unselfish in your marriage at that point and say, you know, it, this isn't fair. It's not 50, 50, but I love this person. And I know that he's making, he's providing for us, right. He's trying to make a way for us. So I have to be able to, um, you know, hold that load for that time being. And then it changes, you know, it changes when the kids get bigger. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's as if you're not, if you're not willing to make changes in your life, then yeah. you probably should get married. Yeah, it's a lot of cause sacrifice. Because every, <laughs> every, every yeah, season is different. Yeah, yeah, every season is different. I mean, I I feel like um, we've been looking, it's kind of funny, we, we found uh, a bunch of old videotapes in the garage. <laughs> and my husband, I feel like he's... What's uh, videotapes? I know, right? <laughs> now I'm really dating myself. Um, VHS tapes. Is that what they call yeah. them? Um, I feel like my husband is a Chevy chase in Christmas vacation, you know, where he's like looking at all the old tapes. So every night I've been going to bed and he'll come up and I'll wake up in the morning and I've got like 20 texts of like videos he's sending me of the kids. And I just, he's like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. What it, like, like to look back and mm-hmm. see like in each season we were in different mm-hmm. places and, and in some seasons, like yeah. I could actually look at him and go, Oh my gosh. I remember I couldn't stand him right, right? there. Like, I read, like, <laughs> he bugged the crap out of me at there, so you know, funny. but it's like, you, then you look at other seasons and you're yeah. like, Oh my God, how beautiful is that? Yeah. Like even just looking at the birth of my daughter, my yeah. firstborn, I, I was like, Oh my gosh. I remember he was so nervous and so young and like, just, it's amazing. Like when you get to journey with that person and Mm -hmm. I feel like people lose sight of that, right? Like you lose sight of like all the wonders that marriage can bring, you know, um, people like to focus on the negative. Um, what advice would you give to couples who like are struggling? Like, I know that a lot of people say the first couple years are pretty tough. Um, I, I wish I could remember the first couple of years. I, th- I know we were really poor <laughs> and I know that my husband worked a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> said everyone everywhere. Exactly. exactly. But what advice would you give for couples that might be like struggling in their marriage right now? Like some just practical advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, real quick, because you mentioned something about, um, intimacy and I didn't mention Mm -hmm. that too. I was saying about how expectations, like for the little things, but there's also big things like intimacy. And we're really honest about that too. Like to the, to the point where we were like, okay, how often is this going to happen every week? Because Mm -hmm. I don't want, you know, we don't want our expectations not to meet reality and intimacy for my husband and I, we talk about this and like when we do our, our marriage series. Yeah. Intimacy is a big deal. Like, it is. God's way of saying, you know, enjoy each other and you get connected this way. So I'm not going to go deep into that, but I would say that definitely um, intimacy is a a, a big deal and talking about that. So I think uh, couples that are struggling in their marriage, wow, I think one thing that has really helped out um, my husband and myself in our marriage and we talked about it um and many other sessions that we've done when we talked about marriage is really being transparent with each other about mm. our struggles yeah um i i feel like um that really you you feel like i feel like when 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 you kind of hold in the bible talks about this the bible says that we confess our sins to God and we're forgiven. Mm-hmm. But when we're confessing our sins to each other, we are healed. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some serious healing that happens and connection that happens when we are really transparent about things that we're struggling with. Um, because I feel like um, sometimes we tried, like, I struggle with anger. Um, I am, like, like I said, I could be really spicy. <laughs> You're Puerto um, Rican. <laughs> yeah. I have a short temper sometimes. I get that from my dad. I see it every time I'm around. I'm like, I get it from you. Oh, but I have a short temper. And I talk about that to him. I tell mm. him, you know, today, you know, I kind of, you know, lost my patience with the kids today. And I don't like how I did that, you know? And then he told me about his struggles. And we're very open about this. My husband struggled um, since he was a, a teenager with pornography. And so we talked about that. And so we didn't talk about that right away in the beginning because it was something that he was so ashamed of. Like, he kind of, you know, mentioned it. And then when situations happened and it come, came up, we talked about it. But we've gotten into a point where our marriage, where we're so... Um, we're so open about it to the yeah. point where we, we talk about it and we sit down and if he, if he feels like, man, I'm struggling with this and I pray with him and I don't, and I create a safe space for him to talk to me about it. Yeah. And I feel like when we do that, it's almost like we have our own little small group between yeah. him and I where we can come together mm-hmm. and being able to speak to your spouse about something that you're struggling with mm-hmm. without there being judgment and condemnation right. and fingers being pointed mm-hmm. then that brings for me that brought our relationship to a whole another level where he really became my best friend like you tell your best friend everything yeah and whenever you're like that with your spouse um, and it's hard when you're on the receiving end where you're kind of like, whoa, I didn't know that this was going on. Right. Yeah. But if you're on the receiving end of it, the best advice I can give you is create that safe space. Don't 
Don't get upset at your spouse when yeah. they talk to you about stuff. Don't take it personal. Mm. That's their own struggle. That has that doesn't mean it has anything to do with you. Um, right. The times that he was struggling with that hard, it had nothing to do with me. It wasn't anything that I didn't do for him. It wasn't right. anything that I did wrong. It was just something that he was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And at first, I got really upset. And I said, well, what... Why are you, you know, what is the problem? What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, it has nothing to do with you. Right. And so I had to really create that space where I'm not upset when he's talking to me about this and, and, and look at him like God would and, and give him grace and love. And so I would say um, new, new couples or even couples that are struggling, period, create that safe space where you're open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, go to church. <laughs> go yeah. To church. Yes. I feel like that. It's like life changing. It's it's a place where you can find purpose together. Um, you can find God together. Um, many churches have small groups. I know ours have um, even married couples small groups. And so being able to get with other couples and sharing with other couples, because then you feel like you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely that. I feel like you're able to talk to other married couples. Every time my husband and I have done small groups, a lot of times it's married couple small groups, um, because we get to share with other couples and right. be like, I'm not alone. Like, yeah. This person's going through something similar too, yeah. and they're able to speak into that. Um, but if you feel like the struggles that you're going through are really serious, and even you know going to things like small group are not going to cut it, and there's deeper issues going on that mm-hmm. are just not going away, mm-hmm. then I definitely recommend counseling absolutely i feel like counseling gets such a bad stigma it's yeah like, when yep. you're sick you go to the doctor right when your right. car is broken down you go to the mechanic mm-hmm. so if you're you know you're having any mental struggles or any struggles in your marriage you go to a counselor like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that this doesn't make you a weak at all like no. it, for me i feel like i respect people who go to counseling because they're like i want to get better at this and so I'm going to speak to a professional that knows what they're talking about and who can help walk me through this so I like highly recommend going to a counselor if you feel like the struggles that you're going through in your marriage are just really deep struggles um, sometimes they stem from way in your past and you need to pull those out mm-hmm. and, and deal with those struggles together yeah well there's yeah. two things like you were saying that is so good is um, that the problem isn't about you when somebody is confessing what the what they're struggling with. And the other thing is, is to not show shame. Mm -hmm. So if you don't place blame or shame on somebody, then that gives them uh, the ability to open up to you and really share their deepest, darkest things. And no matter what that is, because in um in every relationship, we do bring baggage to the relationship, right? We all have our own yeah. personal struggles. Nobody's and perfect, yeah. yeah, and Rhonda and I are big proponents yeah, we're of huge therapy. Proponents of therapy. <laughs> and, yeah, and I never used to be because I came from a place where everything was a secret and you're not supposed to talk about your problems. And, you know, I have a lot of family members that deal with like mental issues and stuff. And so and a lot of addiction. And so everything was just like, shut up, be strong, don't talk about it. And so for the longest time, like I wouldn't talk about like deep, dark things. And then that all changed. (laughs) And and so, um, so, you know, when I started seeing a therapist, actually, just last year, I, I started 
talking to different coaches and therapists and things and breaking down some barriers that even, you know, I was still struggling with that I thought I was okay, but it was such an eye opener to know that I could still release things. And I think therapy is something that helps you grow as a person. It's not something you look at as, oh, there's something wrong with me. It's like, no, I want to be better of who I am. So that's where, you know, I would really encourage people, you know, if you're struggling with something, if you want to get better at who you are as a person, ask somebody for help because um, therapy and counseling can be a really, really great tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially in COVID, isolation has been the death of so many mm-hmm. marriages because they aren't in community, you know, and um, they oh, yeah. feel alone and, you know, they're, they're they're not able to talk about things. And I heard somebody say the other day, what you don't reveal, God can't heal. Uh, and so, and I love yeah. that because I feel like so often we have so much shame around what we're struggling with mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've mentioned many times on the podcast that I struggled. My daughter died in 2002. And shortly after that, I struggled with a really bad bout of depression. And I was so shamed to even say it, like to even bring it out of my mouth. One, because I'm a pastor's kid Two, because I grew up in church and, you know, people that go to church, just pray it away. Right. Like we don't need to do anything else. You just let's pray for it and it'll go away and you'll feel better. You'll be healed. Yeah. And, you know, we, I've learned in my journey of self-healing that like, no, I have to speak it. Mm -hmm. I have to say what it is. And I don't have to announce it to the whole world, but I need to speak it in a safe place and be able to heal from it. And so I love that you said that I were such big proponents of, you know, soul transformation and heart transformation and counseling. So thank you for just bringing that out and about. And I love the fact that you talk about intimacy too. And I think like having a sermon series where you talk specifically about sex is a good thing. Like we make it like it's this horrible thing, but it's something that God designed and created and we should not be not talking about it. Well, the problem is, is that in churches, we tell young kids for so long, it's sex is bad. Sex is bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then on your wedding night, it's like, okay, girl, you can do it. And and they're like, ah. So uh, I have a coach, Shannon Etheridge, that actually does a whole podcast on Christian sexuality. And she goes, she goes in, let me tell you. Sometimes I'm like, I don't think I can listen to this. But uh, she did the True Love Weight series Mm -hmm. for a long time. And she said, you know, we did some damage in that area because we we did the whole ceremony and staying Mm -hmm. pure and all this stuff, but we didn't talk to them about how to transition that. And so she had people coming into her counseling sessions, young girls that said that they were literally crying on their wedding night because they thought sex was bad. And all of a sudden now they're supposed to have sex with their husband. And it was such a damaging thing. And so, you know, we need to have a different conversation about that with our girls. Well, and I mean, I just think in general, right? I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle with like the, the pornography thing. And that's something that nobody in churches wanted to talk about. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what, so like your transparency and you sharing, Mm -hmm. um, when I watched the video and you did talk about anger and, you know, JJ talked about the pornography thing, I was like, man, the fact that you're so transparent in that and helping other people to navigate through that is, it's a beautiful thing, Liz. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have one last question for you. 
and it's our standard yeah. question. So <laughs> what would you tell your 22-year-old self? Okay, when I saw this question, I had to, like, think, like, what? <laughs> what am I doing at 22? Like, you were talking about, you can't even remember when you gave me a at 22, I was getting into a relationship that I should not have gotten into. Mm. So, <laughs> I would tell myself. You're like, bad memories, <laughs> bad memories. <laughs> Abort <Yeah>. mission. <laughs> yeah, so I had to tell myself, um, I, if, I had, if I could tell myself this, I would say pray before your heart is invested and wait for an answer from God before you submit. Because I really, I learned something from that experience, so it wasn't all bad. You yeah. know, you take your bad experiences and you learn from them. Mm-hmm. So I learned that before I get into a relationship, um, I really needed to hold my heart. You know, the Bible talks about to guard your heart, um, and so I really needed to guard my heart. I just I felt like I was cute, and so <laughs> I started talking to him, and I should have held back my heart. Yeah. And so what happened was, by the time I sat down and prayed, God, should I be with this person? Um, it was too late. My heart was already in it. Oh, that's good. That lasted about yeah, it lasted about six months. And I always tell like young women all the time, you you know, before you really get your heart into that relationship, pray about it. Mm, yeah. And it was so um, impactful that um, I mean, the breakup. I was I was just torn. Mm-hmm. Um, we only were together for six months, but it was it was hard. And so I remember after that is when I met my husband. Well, years after that, I met my husband. And it was years because I was like, I'm not jumping into any relationship. The next time I'm with is my husband and that's it. And I'm not going to give him my heart, not even a piece of my heart. And so I know this is what God wants for me to do. And so that's what I would say is, you know, pray before your heart gets into it because you're going to waste your time, the other person's time. Somebody's going to get their heart broken, whether it's the both of you or one of you. And Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. So, yeah, that's good. That's, that's some great that's advice. What I would say. Yeah, that is some great guard advice. Your heart. Yeah, guard yeah. your heart. I love that. Well, thank you so much for and being. One more thing. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt. There was one more thing that I thought about too. Like it wasn't when I was 22, but when I first got married, I would tell myself, "Stop fighting over dumb things." <laughs> 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 hey, they were important at the time. <laughs> Quote, stop fighting over dumb things. Stop fighting over dumb yeah, things. Stop fighting over silly things. Yeah. quotes now <laughs> true, I'm, I'm true. Like, yes
show notes so that everybody can get in contact with you and connect with you on social media. And thank you so much for being a part of the 24 Karat Conversation podcast and 24 Karat Tribe. Don't forget to follow us and share and subscribe. You can follow us on our Facebook page, 24 Karat Conversations, and on our Instagram, 24 Karat Conversations podcast. And until next time, 24 Karat Tribe, sparkle on. Bye. Bye.